welcome everybody to All Comic Interviews. Uh, it's been a while. Hey, what's up? Um, yeah, I was on hiatus. Uh, I had to move and trying to talk to awesome comic people and move while your computer's packed away is not super easy. Um, in fact, it's impossible. So hey, we're back. And I got a guest that I promised uh, to get on this show a while ago and I fell through on that promise. And She's still putting up with me. You can hear her giggling in the background. Um, Claire Connolly. Claire, how are you? Good. Good? Yeah. So, I guess we're here to talk comics and stuff. I kind of forgot what this podcast is about. So, it's, it's been that long. Um, let's, uh, for anybody that, that doesn't know, let's, uh, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself here? Um, my name's Claire. I'm, I guess, I'm not a comic artist. I guess I make comics. Shut up. Yes, you are. Because well, I do a lot. It's like, um, I write and draw my own stories, but then sometimes I draw stories for other people, and then sometimes I collaborate with people, and we kind of make stuff up together. So I guess I'm just a visual storyteller, <laughs> and it's really fun, and I like to draw spooky things. So, yeah. And that's it. All right, everybody, see you next week. <laughs> um, no, you're, you're, you're definitely a... Uh, uh, one of those comic creators, as I would classify you, um, mm-hmm. that can do everything. Uh, I know when I first discovered your work through our mutual buddy and former guy that worked for me, uh, Hansel. Mm-hmm. Um, first thing I thought of was like, "Damn, like that's like a, kind of kind of a take on like a Jeff Lemire kind of style." Yeah. And uh, that that obviously got me sucked in because it. I mean, Jeff Lemire, how can you not like his stuff, right? So that got me following. I don't I don't remember what you. Just put out. I don't even know if your first book was out yet. Um, I'm trying to think of what what you were working on. It might have just been like a pinup or something cool that you were doing. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like I've been pushing out books pretty quickly, doing about like two of my own books a year, like collections, like over a hundred pages, and then doing two of those a year. Then I'm always doing other people's stuff, so it's like my stuff's kind of always just floating around. Like, that's how most people know me. Like, they don't know know me, but they'll be like, oh, my God, I've seen that someplace. Oh, my God, I know you. <laughs> We're best like, friends now. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, cool. You want to buy my stuff? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I do a lot of stuff, and I can pump out comics pretty quickly, which is kind of why I'm inclined to make them, because I think if they took me forever, it wouldn't be as fun. What was your, what was the first comic you published? My first comic I published was, well, I guess when I was 20, I haven't been actually making comics that long. I've only been making them for a few years. Um, when I was 20 years old, my first, no, I guess I made my first comic. Okay, well, I, I made comics when I was a kid and I made a few in college. My first published comic that I published myself was when I was 20 years old. I made a comic about the three fates and they were fighting because one of them lost the set of scissors they need to, like, cut the string of people's life. Mm-hmm. And then you watch the tiny little, um, I guess, the third fate try and search for them. And it was, like, eight pages. It was terrible. <laughs> but I published it myself. And I sold it at a convention. And I think I sold, like, maybe ten. It's pretty good. Uh, fates from the, like, the Greek perspective or, like, Norns from Viking mythology? It was more the Greeks, like, um, had a very, like, Greek Hades kind of underworld look to it, um, and they each had, like, little cloaks, and they each had a different shape, so it was, like, and they each had, like, the first fate had one eyeball, the second one two, and the third one three, so it kind of, like, had some, like, visual correlation between the three of them, Mm -hmm. 
but it's somewhere on my computer and if you go far back in my tumblr you can find it but i won't dig it up myself because i think it's so terrible <laughs> see you, you really are a comic creator because that's pretty much what most of them say yeah you, you, I, I, I could praise them tell them blue in the face and they're always like well you know it, it was okay and they're like but have you seen this guy's work it's so amazing yeah, no, that's my problem. It's like, even now, it's like, I was talking to one of my coworkers about it the other day. I was like, man, I still need to improve. I'm terrible. They're like, what are you talking about? And I was like, <laughs> you know, like, I just need to get better. They're like, oh my God, you're crazy. And I was like, well, you don't even know anything about art. <laughs> yeah, that that's a way to win fans. Oh, you don't know anything about art. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was just talking to one of my coworkers as they were like working. And they're like, can you do that? Then they're like, can you design my tattoo? And I was like, oh, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, fine. I'll draw your tattoo. I'm not going to buy any of your work, but can you draw this tattoo for me? I end up drawing things for people all the time. Or, like, people get mad because, like, when I sketch things, I just, like, throw it on the floor when I'm done. They're like, oh, my God, this is a beautiful drawing. I was like, man, it doesn't have anything to do with, like, the finished comic. I really don't care about it. (laughs) Um, Everything you've done has been self-published so far? Um, a majority. A lot of stuff, um... I do through, like, smaller publishers, like, um, the series that worked on Animals, which was done through, like, Frankenstein's Daughter. I've done some stuff with Erica Schultz, um, through Vice Press, and then I've done covers for different people, like, covers for Patrick Bard's book, and then covers for collections, and then things in anthologies. So I kind of have my stuff everywhere, like, as long as people are like willing to put my work in it i'm pretty okay with it and i have stuff printed um digitally so i mean a majority of my stuff i pretty much do myself but um i work for a lot of smaller publishers just because you have a little more freedom to kind of do what you want yeah being able to uh control your own work and and pretty much work as you as you want certainly is more appealing than anything else yeah, well, it's like, especially in me, it's like, I, considering I consider myself more of a creator than just, like, an artist, it's like, I don't want someone to just hand me a script and tell me to draw it. Like, I'm really not into that kind of thing. So, like, I want to be involved with, like, the story and coming up with things. So, like, when I collaborate or with people or companies, like, I have, I feel like I want some form of say. Like, I'm not there just to execute, you know? I want to influence the content of the story and stuff. Uh, and I mean, comics is a very collaborative effort, mm-hmm. you know, regardless if it's a small publisher or, or Marvel or, or whoever. Um, so, I mean, that's really, I think, the way it should be. It's not it's not an assembly line where one guy, you know, writes some words, the next person scribbles some pencils, the next guy slaps some ink, you know, and the next guy scans it and puts some color on a computer, you know what I mean? And then, But they don't ever talk to each other. Yeah, I, I think that's how bad comics get made. Yeah, and I mean, there, there certainly is a lot of that out there, uh, unfortunately. But I guess nowadays I'd say the uh, the non-assembly line uh, good comics, I guess we'll call them, uh, are a lot uh, a lot more in your face, you know, especially like from Image and, and stuff like that. Um, what are you going to say something? No, I was just thinking, I'm like, man, Image is doing so good. Like, they got their shit together so hard, so fast. Oh, yeah, like even just even just the last, like, four years or five years like they just exploded yeah out of nowhere it was like oh man image is like so like uh you know like old you know like (laughs) and then all of a sudden it was like bam image has all these great books and it's like oh my god my face i can't handle it (laughs) i love image so much forget what i said two years ago 
Yeah, well, and then everyone has a book with them now. Where I'm like, oh my god, even Scotty Young has a book with them. Like everyone has a book with them. So I'm just like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, where's your book with them, Claire? I know. I've only sent stuff to them once. I keep meaning to send. I need to send them my new books, but I they haven't gotten back from the printer yet. But once I get my new books, then I'm sending them to Image, and hopefully, maybe something will happen. You never know. I just keep sending things to people, and I don't care if they get annoyed because <laughs> I'm sending them free things. So pretty much, you can't you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, and well, and then I also send them other things. Like I send them like screen printed toys and stuff. I'm like, dude, that's cool. Like. I'm sending you stuff. I think you got too much free time on your hands. I I don't know how I do. I make a lot of stuff, but I have like a full time job on top of it. But I like making stuff. That's the only way for me to feel good about myself. Maybe it's a confidence thing. <laughs> well, like, I, I guess whatever continues to drive you to make more, I guess it doesn't really matter what it is, eh? Probably just wanting to get better, but then it's like some sick cycle where I'm like, I can only feel good about myself if I make something, but I'm really making something because I want to get better. But whatever it works so <laughs> well, it, it's been working anyway yeah i mean if you saw my first comics they're fucking terrible so well okay yeah. let's talk about your most recent ones then what do you think of of uh black eyes in the long year since so you were just kind of mentioning them yeah i'm really proud especially of the long year because uh every year when like january rolls around i set a goal for myself but i don't tell anyone because if I tell someone, I don't want anyone to be like, hey, you didn't do that. <laughs> um, so last year, my goal was to incorporate color more into my work, but not force it, not be like, every story needs to be in color because I'm learning how to use color, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, if the story really could become a stronger piece of work with color, I'm going to go for it. And I don't care if it costs more to print. Like, I'm just going to do it. So that's what I spent a lot of 2014 was trying to work color into my um comics because like I do paintings and stuff but it's different when you're like it's a lot of work to like first of all come up with the story pencil it ink it and then watercolor it and then scan it and I do all the graphic design stuff myself that's a lot of work so adding one more step to it like is like holy shit it's gonna take me so much longer because now I have to paint every single panel <laughs> um so I'm really proud of the long year because I I'm they're, I mean, they're my strongest stories yet because, you know, each year, hopefully you get better and not, like, stagnant or get worse. But um, I think the stories are super strong. I really feel like I got my storytelling style even more succinct and um, solid. So when I look at it, I'm like, damn, I, like, I did it, and I'm super proud of those stories. And it's really cool to see them in print because... Yeah, I put my comics on the internet, but I really intend them to be, like, in people's hands. So it's really cool to see them in people's hands. Even though, like, I'm super behind on printing, but <laughs> it's coming. You uh, you kickstarted these two. Mm-hmm. Uh, congrats on that. Um, I, I personally had to get in on that myself. And and I, I actually don't... It's been so long now, no offense, but I can't remember... If I got the physical copies, I know I got the comicsology ones, but now you got me wondering yeah. if I got the physical well, ones. Well, I'm getting a lot of extra ones printed because it's cheaper to get printed everything at the same time. So I'll have extra copies lying around. I, th I think I did. I can't. I, yeah, well, I, I, I've done so many that now it's you, you just like, I don't remember even signing, like, like pledging for some of these. I, I get uh, a package in the mail. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I open it. Yeah. And you're no, like, that oh. was, 
too, where I'll be like, oh my God, why is, why are the things coming in the mail for me? And I'll be like, oh, should I back this Kickstarter so far? Like not long ago, but like I totally forgot. <laughs> yeah. Three years ago and here, I'm just getting it now. Well, see, that's my biggest problem is like, I only kickstart them once the books are finished being drawn and formatted. Cause I hate when it's like, like I have a job, like a full-time job and I draw comics. So it's like, if I can do it, you can do it too. Like work <laughs> and work on your comic where it's like, I don't want to give you all this money. And then I'm going to see the comic in five years. Cause I want, I want to, I'm, I want it now. Like, you know, so I only kickstart it once my books are like done. That way you don't have to wait as long. And then people like, I don't know. It sucks having to wait two years. Yeah. You got me thinking now about all the other ones, all the ones that I've signed up for or pledged to and, like, I really haven't seen anything. <laughs> That's the thing is, like, I try to keep people updated, but not annoyingly. Because some Kickstarters, they update me on every little thing, which is cool. Like, keeping me in the loop. But, like, holy shit, I don't want a new thing every day to look at. Like, or just words. Because I don't really read that much, so I'm just going to delete it. Yeah, you know, after a certain, you know, after you get, like, four or five in a row, I'm just like, no, I'm I'm going to just stop this from sending these. Yeah, so, like, I try to keep people updated, but not annoyingly updated. Because, like, printing got pushed behind on mine, because the printer made an error. So I was like, hey, guys, like, sorry, but, like, you know, coming at the end of the month. But I feel like I didn't need to send them, like, I don't send out a post every week, because, you know, sometimes it's like, hey, go look at all the commissions that you probably didn't pay for. Like, I don't know if you want to look at those. <laughs> um so i just try to keep people up to date but not annoying and and i've noticed that yes you, you've you've done a good job with that so i thank you for that because lord knows i get more than enough emails in my freaking um email every day and it drives me bonkers yeah well me too so it's like i don't want another email hey i totally got uh printed copies sweet oh cool so i i, I logged into kickstart even though we're doing an interview because now like i said you got me wondering why I haven't gotten pretty much most of these books. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like, like, big thing. It's like, I think there's a right time and a wrong time to kickstart, and I'm more about, like, having, like, it, it should, I think it should be about 80% complete. I, I'm, look, I'm looking at one that was, that I pledged July of last year. <laughs> oh my god. Like, I think the Kickstarter should be completed within a year. Unless you're, like, manufacturing, like, I don't, or you're starting a whole new company or something. Like, that's understandable. But, like, I backed this one for, like, a foldable water bottle. And I'm like, dude, where's my foldable water bottle? I backed this, like, six months ago. <laughs> like, I want my foldable water bottle. Yeah, like, for Christ's sake, give me my damn water bottle. I bought it for Comic-Con. I want it. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a big problem with that. I, uh, and this was actually a real cool one. Uh, the, the Spider King. Not the call anybody out but it's really cool and i really want to read it <laughs> but anyway sorry i'm now i'm, now I'm distracted with kickstarter and wondering where the hell, it's not just that one i got a bunch of them on here Fe yeah, february oh geez yeah there's a lot that are late <laughs> it's like even compared to last year there's so many more people kickstarting things it's a lot more competitive not competitive but there's a lot more stuff out there where it's like last year when i kickstarted um, my first two books, I felt like it was a lot easier to get eyes on it, and now because there's so many other people doing it, it makes it a little more difficult. Uh, how many successful projects have you done now on Kickstarter? Um, I've done two successful projects, and I've only ever done two. So in, in between the first one and the second one, you've already noticed that there's a... There's mm -hmm. a really? 
Yeah, because I'm super like into like knowing about business and being like market savvy and everything. So the demographic has changed a little bit more females to males, which is, I think, a, a strong response. Um, but I believe when I launched my second one, there was like, I think, double the amount of people kickstarting comics at the time than my first one. So I noticed I had to try a little bit harder. And I was also working full time or compared to my other one where I was working part time. So I definitely had to hustle. Do you find you're getting, uh, even if you have to hustle a little bit, do you find that you're getting like more of a response out of it? Yeah, I feel like there are people, people are being way more engaging about it, um, which is, I think, fun because um, being like drawing these books and doing everything myself, I'm pretty isolated generally. I spend a lot of time, I probably, if I'm not at work, I spend probably about 90% of my time alone. Um Besides, like, one of my dogs, like, sitting in my room with me. Um, so I'm pretty solitary. So it's nice when people, like, want to interact and talk about either comics or getting started making comics and or just wanting to do things. Like, I think it's important just to make stuff. Especially in this age. Like, there's not enough making stuff. Why, why make stuff when you can just flip on something on your phone and watch something that you didn't have to do, right? Uh, no, that's my biggest thing at work. It's like I'm trying to use my lunch breaks more constructively instead of just endlessly scrolling on Facebook about people I don't care about. <laughs> um, hey, I'm on Facebook. I know, but like, I think now you can edit it so you can only see things that you actually care about. So I'm kind of going to like do that and be like, okay, these are people I actually like. These are people I've talked to 10 years ago. Um, and I don't want to see pictures of their babies. Um, oh, see, so, you, that, that's when you just unfriend them and you just cut the loss. <laughs> well, now you have a thing where you can stay friends with them, but you can just block them from your newsfeed. So it's like, oh, I'm not being rude and I don't want to be your friend, but I really don't give a shit about your life. <laughs> but I don't, I don't want you to know, so. <laughs> yeah, well, then the weird thing is, like, random people's things, like, on Facebook, I'll put, a, like, a link to my website being like, oh, I put some new stuff up. And then, like, someone who I haven't talked to for 10 years will just like it. And I'm like, oh, my God, who are you? <laughs> It's just a good way to weird you out when you're, you know, keep you on your toes, right? Yeah. Or they'll just be like, or I'll run into them because I work where I grew up. And they'll just be like, man, you're really great at drawing. And I'll be like, oh, thanks. <laughs> and then I try, I run away from them as fast as possible, too. Like, I'll be like, oh, my God, can you go help that person over there? I think I went to high school with them. Sometimes <laughs> my coworkers will be like, no, go over there and, like, make coffee. And I'm like, no. You're, you're going to be famous and people are going to be harassing you and you're going to try to run away from them. You know that, right? Well, no, it's like sometimes I run into like not famous people, but the other day, I guess a few weeks ago, I ran into another cartoonist who I never met, but I kind of have some mutual friends. So I was like, oh my God, are you blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I was handing him his coffee and he was like, uh, and then I was like, uh, he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I know your voice and you look just like your drawings. And I was like, man, I probably sound like such a fucking nerd right now. <laughs> um, this guy's just trying to like, get his coffee and grocery and like get his food and i'm like hey, uh, hey. <laughs> like, and i was like maybe i should make a comic about this do you want to be facebook friends yeah i know right that's what like would be the nail in the coffin you should be friends with me on facebook <laughs> what's your last name so i can add you well, it's like i already knew because it's like a kind of well-known cartoonist but i was like man i may have shot myself in the foot with that one or it's gonna be like later in my career like i'm like more than that time you were a dumbass and you asked me uh, i was handing you like a coffee and i'm like oh my god stop <laughs> that's when you go on facebook and you find the uh, the old poke notification you just like poke them on facebook yeah 
Well, like while he's standing there with the copy, you still do it. <laughs> well, I'm just like, man, I have the social graces of humanity. <laughs> well, you know, at least you can identify your weaknesses and you can learn to grow. <laughs> I know, right? I'm just like, man, maybe I should stop saying hi to people that I want to like have professional relationships with while I'm not during my day job. Do you want some coffee? I don't know you. Just, just put your head down and pretend you don't know anything. Yeah, no, I run away from people all the time. That's like half my job. <laughs> oh man. Um, hey, let's talk about comics again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on a little tangent. Um, everything uh, art-wise, you do uh, like you, you. Nothing's digital, right? It's all traditional. Oh yeah. I mean, I've kind of started playing with some zip, zip tone on the computer, but I'm kind of over it already. Um, I'm already bored with it. Um, but yeah, everything I do is on paper, um, just ink, watercolors. And then like when I scan it, sometimes I have to like digitally correct it because my scanner flattens out um, colors a lot. Mm-hmm. But everything I do is by hand, which is not really what people do anymore. Yeah, that, um, kind, of, that kind of makes you a weirdo more than, you know, how you just explained how much of a weirdo you are. I know. Well, it's like also you should see like my like drawing space because it's like literally there's just a tiny little place to put the paper because i have so much other shit to make art with like i'm like okay i need brushes i need like 100 things of ink and watercolor and then like i have probably like met i have mountains of paper in my closet that are just drawn comics like i draw like maybe 400 pages of comic a year wow and that's not including all the paintings i do that's like jack kirby levels of of production yeah, no, seriously. Well, it's because I have nothing else to do, but I enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I guess that's what matters at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so I have so much paper. Like, I think, it, it, like, my house would light on fire in a hot second if there was a spark. Um, but, yeah, I just, it's, I mean, I understand why people do use the computer because it's so much faster, and scanning is such a bitch. Like, after I finish a book, I'm like, all right, 150 pages, great. Now I've just been four days scanning it into the computer. Have so, you uh, have you considered uh, going that route? Like, buying one of those big honking fancy things and whatever, Wacom, whatever the hell they're called? Yeah, I've, um, when I went to school, we had, like, the smaller, like, the Wacom tablets with, like, the screen on it. So you could, like, draw on the screen and not, like, on the computer, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It was cool. But it always feels like you can never, you're never making contact with it like a pencil to paper is. Like, you always feel like there's a, some form of separation between the two. And it just, I describe it as it's drawing, it's so buttery when you draw. Like, it's so fluid. Like, there's no resistance, like pencil against paper or like, brush I, against paper. You want that bite? Yeah, like, and especially because my art is so, like, un, like about, like, grit and texture when i use the computer it takes a lot of that out of it for me i know you can make brushes and things like that but for me i'm so i'm such a tactile person in general like i still use a physical calendar to keep all my stuff organized what the hell is that basically i can't tell you how hard it was to actually like find a like a tiny calendar that would fit <laughs> in my bag because like people just don't use things like that like my mom doesn't she uses like her phone like, it's, like, funny how it's, like, I'm, like, I need a piece of paper to keep my life straight. And she's, like, you know, a little, you know, my mom, and she can use her phone to keep her life straight. Have you seen this new calendar app? Oh, yeah. damn it, Mom. I know, and I'm, like, Mom, I need a piece of paper. And that's an enemy thing. Like, I write lists, and I have to do everything very tactilely. Like, that's just the type of learner that I am. 
So with me and paper, it's like I've been using it for so long and I'm so stubborn. I'm just not going to go digital at ever, probably. And I don't want to spend the money on that kind of stuff. Like, it doesn't interest me. I hate looking at my computer in general. So I have to look at it all day. Sounds like a nightmare. That's that, I, that's a bold statement to say you'll never go uh, digital. It's look because it's like also it's like for me it's also like it's just what I'm comfortable with and it's a sense of like tradition, where it's like I enjoy using brushes and watercoloring by hand. Where like I know in college everyone was like oh digital digital digital, but I just I like doing what I'm doing now and if it's working and I'm making money then I think it's okay and I'm already fast enough where I don't feel like working traditionally hinders. Um, my turnaround time. If anything, if I work digitally, it would take me probably eight times as long because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> you so, gotta practice. Eh, I'm gonna practice on paper. It's more fun. Are you uh, Are you opposed to digital comics? Then how do you How do you read your if you have time? Um, I read some of my comics digitally. Like I follow web comics and stuff. I think it's about like what suits the artist best is. Like, some people, their art just, like, some of my friends, their art just looks better on the computer. Like, that's how they, like, they use Photoshop or whatever, and their art's awesome. I like their traditional art more, because that's just more what I personally lend towards. But I read comics on the computer all the time. Like, I have a Comixology account. Um, for me, it's harder for me to get kind of weird stuff, even though I live in New Jersey. Um, so, like, I use the computer all the time to be looking up artists and reading comics so i'm not against it like i distribute my comics digitally i just prefer not to make them digitally yeah no i was just curious some people are uh very opinionated when it comes to that and i know that i i switched like a year and a half ago pretty much all digital except for like saga and Mm -hmm. uh mignola books Um, yeah but otherwise it's just it's space more than anything I, i don't I like the feel of it. Uh, like, I still like hardcovers. I still have a hardcover addiction. I, when I moved, I had uh, five big plastic bins that probably weighed over 100 pounds each easily. Like, two people had to carry most of them. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Well, it's, like, now I mainly buy trades. I don't really buy single issues anymore. Just because I find it... If I really want to read the series, I'll buy it digitally. And then when the trade comes out, I buy the trade. Yeah. Um. Just because I find it's easier to also just lend to people, being like, oh, well, here's the first two volumes of Saga, or, like, here's all of Sweet Tooth, you know, like, here's the six books. First handing someone, like, 42 little, like, paper. Yeah, like, delicate I, little, yeah. Um, So, like, especially because I don't really have a shop I go to every week, for me, it's like, I kind of just throw together how I can read a series or trades, you know, find it on comicsology and stuff like that so i'm open to it as long as i for me it's more just about comics like i like sequential storytelling so i'm not really like pro or against how you deliver it as long as it suits the like art and story i'm cool with that what are some of the uh what are some of your favorite (laughs) series right now right now i mean i love hellboy like that's my jam yeah, I was reorganizing my comics the other day. I was like, oh my god, I haven't read Hellboy in Hell in forever. So I reread Hellboy in Hell. Nice. Um, I can't wait for the new one to come out. I'm so stoked. It's so good. I read it like two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. It's so good. <laughs> Dude, that cover, man. I was like, oh my god, that's so fucking good. Like, it's so simple. Like, with Hellboy, and you can see like his skeleton on the inside a little bit. Oh, yeah, this coat, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, that's so fucking good. So I guess I get mad because I'm not 
I don't have the simplicity that he has. And I'm just like, oh, fuck, I'm trying too hard. <laughs> Nobody just... does. Nobody can be him. As, as much as they bring in guys that are, are, you know, they fit his mold, per se, like in uh, like Baltimore books. And uh, what was I reading the other day that was, the artist was pretty close. Oh, uh, Frankenstein from Underground. Oh, yeah. I, w- I haven't read Frankenstein Alive yet. I need to get my shit together. Uh, Frankenstein Underground is the main. Oh, name. Underground. Oh, I, Frankenstein Alive. Isn't that Bernie Wrightson's? Uh, Frank Alive, Frankenstein Alive Alive was, or is Niles and Wrightson. They've only released three issues because Wrightson is amazing, but takes forever. Yeah. Well, that's like, I remember like in college looking at his stuff and like my history of illustration class and I was like, oh my God, so many swamp things, so much cross hatching. Does he even have hands anymore? Like I imagine he just like rubbed them all off from all that cross hatching. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I think that's pretty much it. He's, he's been in the process of regrowing his hands and that's why we haven't seen a fourth issue. I don't even know if we're going to get any more. I talked to Steve about it, uh, oh fuck, like last year and he's like, yeah, yeah, the third one's coming out. We're going to re-release the first two and the third one's coming out. And then I haven't heard shit since the third one came out. Well, a girl can dream. Yeah, they, they really should have just said, you know what, Bernie, take three years and draw it and we're going to release like a, a fancy hardcover and that should have been that. Yeah, that actually been a good idea. And they could have, like, done a crazy good, like, printed, like, print quality with, like, amazing paper and stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, IDW, shit, they, they could have just straight done, the, uh, like, a hardcover collection and then gone right to an artist edition. And, Ooh, yeah, that would be so nice. Right? I love artist edition books, but I'm too poor to own any of them. It makes me so sad. I, I have a bit of a problem, like I said, with hardcovers. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm addicted. So I got, I, I splurged a few times. And I got the John Byrne Fantastic Four, mm. the Walt Simonson Thor. Oh, nice. Uh, the Mignola Hellboy in Hell, because that's as close as I'll ever get to owning a page. Yeah. And there's one more. I don't, I don't have them out right now, so I don't remember. I wanted, one. like, um, I was like, maybe I was, like, a few months ago, I was like, okay, maybe I'll get the Silver Surfer. Oh, I want that one so bad. And then I was like, okay, no, I'm going to get a Jack Kirby one, because... I can learn, like, because my whole thing is, like, well, I can learn from them, you know? They're but, learning books. I, I totally get that. My thing with the Kirby books is they're not complete. I mean, I get that they're really old, but and so yeah. that, it, that just kind of drives me nuts. Well, it's like, I mean, he kind of got screwed over with people taking his things, so. Yeah. I, like, yeah, like I said, I understand it. it just mm-hmm. But it's just disappointing when you're like, man, I wish I had, like, the last eight pages of this story. Like, it's nice to have, like, you know, like, the nice crisp black and whites. You're like, man, I really want to see, like, hey. Did he use Whiteout, or is he just that freakishly good? Yeah, yeah. Great, now I want to go through, look through all the artist editions. That that uh, Hellboy and Hell one is, is fantastic, though. I'm so glad that they did that right away. Because obviously, yeah. like, the original page is probably from, like, the first story or long gone. Mm-hmm. But Hellboy and Hell is nice and fresh. Yeah, like, I, oh, I had, like, the first, it was, like, the Hellboy art of, like, the really, really old one. Um... It's like I think it's just the art of Hellboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you have the old uh, the black cover, like the hardcover one. Um, no, it's soft cover. I guess it's the second edition. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the trade of it. Yeah. Yeah, I've looked at it so many times that <laughs> the spine's fallen off, and like half the pages are on the floor. Actually, that happened because they they fucking they published it really shitty because my mine fell apart too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I. Did look at it probably like every day for a solid like two years, <laughs> but like especially between me and my sister because she's also an illustrator, like 
we love Hellboy and like the universe. So it's like, I killed that book. And then I have like the other one, like the first 20 years, which isn't like technically like, they're like, it's not the second part of the art book. It's a different book. Yeah. That one's pretty cool too. It's not, it's not as informative as the first one. Yeah. I wish there was more writing in it. Cause like I'm one of those people where I'm like super into people's processes. Like I'm a process knob. There's a book. Um, Hold on. Let me wheel my chair over here. Uh, What is it called? It's called Panel Discussions. Uh, It's written by Derwin S. Talon. Mm -hmm. And I I just happened to be going through uh, an art store in in Calgary here. And I obviously, there's a Hellboy on the cover. So that caught my eye immediately. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to see who's in there. There's a... Oh fuck! Like there's lots, there's lots of, there's lots of really good artists in here. But there's a Mignola section, and it's uh, oh. approximately eleven pages. I bought the book for eleven pages, basically, and it talks about um, some of his stories and and how he he decides it. Like it talks from the corpse and uh, the wolves of. Oh Christ! What is that story? Uh, I can't think of it now. But the, the, the wolves one anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The name just uh, wolves of Saint August. There we go. Yeah, there we go. I was like, um, it's something. Yeah, yeah, and and it, it goes into like really good detail about some of the stuff and, and how he decided to do it. Like, I never noticed before reading this that the majority of the panels where characters are talking, it's usually just a plain colored background. Yeah. I, I, I never, I never clicked on that before reading this, and he's like, yeah, he's like, I did that on purpose because who the fuck cares what's in the background? You know, you gotta, you gotta pay attention to the character's expression and what they're saying. He's like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Who cares what this man? That's that's why he does those setup shots. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's like smart storytelling. It's like that's like one problem with some comics is that like there's so much to visually like digest that sometimes I feel like it gets in the way of like the storytelling. And for me, I try to make everything um like help the story and not necessarily show off like, oh man, I can draw amazing trees. Let me draw this amazing tree that's just gonna like get in the way of like the character's face because you just see like all this amazing detail in this tree. So I think <laughs> that's one thing I definitely took away from Magnola is like simplicity. Sim- there's strength in simplicity. Oh, absolutely. And then I mean, a few people get it right, and a few people can get the the blacks right. I think too. Yeah, and that's the thing is like by eventually like, reading Hellboy and looking at Mike's work, I eventually, like, it led me to what inspired him, like, old German films and, like, old black and white films, where it's, like, once you, I think a problem with, like, especially being when you're young, is you get so obsessed with an artist that you try and replicate them. Mm-hmm. But um, when I always found my favorite artists, like, definitely Jeff Lemire, Mike Mignola, and, like, Mobius and things like that, I always tried to find what inspired them. Because that way you have, like, a wider range of breath, and you don't seem like, you don't want to be a copycat, because, like, you want to put some form of, like, your own self-identity in it. So by going back and finding what inspired them, it gives you more, like, um, stuff to look at and kind of, like, grow your, like, I guess, vision or whatever. Uh, Yeah, I, I I get what you're saying with that, where it's, uh... You're, you're you're inspired by them, and then you take whatever inspired them, mm-hmm. and you can add it to your own, and maybe you interpret it, you know, a little bit different, but you're still along the same kind of path. Um, yeah. I was talking to Andrew McLean about that, I think, or very similar, 
because he, he's got kind of a Mignola style hidden in, in his own style, right? Yeah, I love his work. It's, oh, so, it's so good. I just like, oh, it's so good. Like, I love <laughs> his stuff. And I met him at a con, like, I had um, special edition. And I was such a nerd. Because, like, it's, like, weird for me. Because, like, uh, I guess they're my peers, but I don't feel like they're my peers. Like, I feel like I'm just like, oh, do you want to look at my mini comics? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hope, I hope that's how you talk to them all. Um, well, usually I'm in, like, some form of a little bit of a sweat. And it usually takes one of my friends to kind of push me, like, um into talking to them like i've been talking to jeff lemire for like years but i never actually like physically met him until like one comic event like at new york comic-con so we're at a panel and like all the artists are standing out front and my friend was like okay just go say hi to him i was like oh man like i don't want to be like oh up in his grill while he's talking to his friends (laughs) at the end she like the convention like the panel's leaving and she pushes me and then screams jeff and then there's just me standing there i was like uh (laughs) Uh, yeah, that would be. <laughs> yeah, and, but then I got her back and I did it to her for one of her favorite artists, so. Um, Suck it. Well, yeah, except hers was, like, in a much more personal setting where we're in a gallery, and I was like, hmm, who can I get you to introduce you to your favorite artist? And I was like, I will figure this out. And I was like, payback. Remember that time you made me say hi to Jeff Lemire in front of all those people? Got ya. <laughs> yeah, that that's not the same situation. That, that was a lot more inappropriate. Yeah, I mean, but then I got to, like, talk to him for a while. Which is really cool, like, in person. Um, and he's super nice and supportive and, like, has definitely helped me out with, like, comics and, like, helping me become a stronger artist and stuff. So it's really cool to have kind of someone in your corner. This is someone I looked up to. Like, he's, when I read Essex County, that's when I was like, holy shit, I want to make comics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's something else, man. I, like, it's, it's mm-hmm. hard to explain that guy. And he's just blown up, which is great. Yeah, well, he deserves it. I mean, he's such a hardworking guy, and I think he's like he's really genuinely talented and has a different voice, which I think is really important. Um, like his stories don't feel like other people's stories; they always have his sensibility to them. Well, I mean, just just look at Green Arrow. He's he's stranded in the 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 pool that is DC and editors everywhere, and he still managed to make that one of the best Green Arrow stories ever. Mm-hmm. And that just shows like talent, and then. Like, that's what I strive for. It's like, I want to have a career where it's like, I have my thumbprint on everything that I do. Maybe it's not exactly what I want to do, but I want to have my thumbprint on it or a fingerprint or whatever. And I think he's really strong at doing that. And like, that's, it's like, I'm one of those people where I don't follow like characters. I follow creators around to their Mm -hmm. books. So like, I pretty much always read whatever he's doing because it's, I've been following his career for so long. And just seeing his growth and then, like, always, no, like, you can always feel, like, his touch to everything, which is incredible. Yeah, that's how I started on, on Green Arrow. I had no interest in the new 52. Or, mm-hmm. or, or actually, I, I read some of it and then I fell off pretty much all of it. And then they're like, oh, hey, we're going to forget, like, the first 17 issues of Green Arrow and Jeff Lemire and uh, Sorrentino are going to take over. And it's like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, comics are can be confusing like that, where they're all something like, "Yeah, this is this is all brand new," and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm so confused." <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I spend less time trying to figure out um, the big two right now than I. Yeah, that I, used I honestly to. have no idea what's going on with Marvel or DC, so I'm just like, I'm just gonna wait till this is all over, and then maybe I can come back on the bandwagon. Yeah, I don't even want to touch that. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like I'm just like, oh my god, I'm so confused. 
So I mainly read a lot of image stuff and like Dark Horse and a lot of older stuff too. Like things that are getting reprinted. Like I got like Batgirl and Robin Year One. Oh yeah. That book is amazing. Yeah, I think my wife read that and she was mm-hmm. pretty, she really likes Batgirl. I don't think she would care so much for the Robin side of things, but. Yeah, well, it's like I read the Robin part, but I like, I was like, oh my God, the Batgirl part is so badass. Especially because that's Killer Moth and that's like one of my favorite characters. Did you have, did you read the, uh, the Batwoman, uh, New 52 stuff? Yeah. That's I, awesome. Also, I like never knew about J.H. Williams. Oh my like, god, that guy's so good. Yeah, and then my friend was like, Hey Claire, I know you like you're so over reading superhero stuff, but you've seen Batwoman and like every single thing is a spread and I just look at it and be like, Wow, this is so crazy how narrative can work like this. Like I my I think I grow so much by just reading though. It's like I don't spend a lot of time reading comics, but I try to read comics where I know it's like holy shit, I'm going to be learning something while I'm reading it or enjoying myself. Um, but, like, Batwoman's, like, I literally have every issue in singles and then, like, the hardcovers and then some of them, again, in soft covers. <laughs> like, it's a little much. I'm, I'm still waiting them to put a, the J.H. Williams Batwoman, like, a, a big collection because he did some of the... He did yeah. a run just before New 52. Yeah, and they kind of just pretended like it. The new, well, that's one thing I liked about Batwoman is they kind of pretended the New Fifty Two didn't happen, and they kind of just kept going on their way with like what they were kind of doing. Yeah, they, they left it alone for the most part until yeah, they tried I, to marry them or something. Yeah, I think a problem with a lot of um, bigger comic companies, especially superhero ones, is so many books are tied together where you feel a need to buy more books, which is understandable. They're trying to run a company. But as a reader, I don't want to have to buy books that I don't want to buy just to get the whole story. So yeah, that, I like it because I could just buy Batwoman and that was it. Yeah, and it didn't tie into Snyder's Batman and this and that. And yeah, mm-hmm. that that's what kind of burned my ass about Green Lantern because there was a fucking um, event like every two weeks, and you had to buy all five books to like get the full story. I mean, you didn't you didn't quote unquote you, you didn't have to, but you certainly were missing stuff. Yeah, and that's the thing is like I don't want to have to buy all those books. Like I don't think it's an effective strategy for long-term. It's a short-term way to get money out of people, but I don't think it's very effective in the long-term. Yeah, because instead of one guy just sticking to Green Lantern proper, they're going to drop all five books because fuck you, they're tired of it. <laughs> yeah, and it's also, it's like people don't have just money to shell out, you know? Yeah. Or at least, I mean, that's how I look at it. I'm like, I'm going to buy what I like and then know I'm going to like it and read it all the time First, being like, hey, I'm going to shell out, you know... $40 a week so I can get all 12 Green Lanterns so I know what's going on. <laughs> like, I just feel like that's not an effective strategy for gaining readers. Yeah. That's my things, I like, for my books personally, it's like, even if it's like a series, quote unquote, I always collect it into one book and it has a definitive ending. Like, I hate, like, that's one thing I have problems with is with superheroes is there's never a definitive ending. It's never like, it's done, it's over, no more. Yeah. They keep going on and on and on. And I understand story arcs have endings and, like, more succinct, kind of. Like, it's the end of the story arc, we're going to the next one. But I think for me, I guess maybe just how I've been brought up as a storyteller, but, like, for me, an ending gives you the entire context of the entirety of the story. Yeah, I mean, even when you think that something, like Batman, for example, even when you think it's going to end... It doesn't. Yeah, they bring him back, you know, six months later or whatever. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, when someone dies, they never really die. Like, yeah, how many times did Jean Grey die and came back again? It's not surprising. It's not shocking. Yeah, that's just annoying. <laughs> like, it's just like, ah, oh, 
like fucking Jean Grey, like go die, and then like whatever Phoenix Force or whatever. <laughs> so it's like all that recycling where it's like, oh, Batman's dead. Don't worry, he'll be back. Like, yeah, exactly. It's it's not even shocking anymore. You're just like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, it's see, like all right, cool story. See, see you in six months. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, we are running out of time though, because we're just babbling about comics and shit, which is awesome. Don't get me wrong. But I just wanna, I just wanna briefly touch on um, your choice to, um, for a lot of your pages. We're just gonna talk about the the long year and black eyes here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no, there's no narrative. There's no, there's no not narrative. There's no uh, words. I guess mm-hmm. that's a better way to say it. Um, what made you to this decide? Hey, you know what? I'm gonna let my art and my story, my visual storytelling, just stand up on its own, and I'm just gonna go with it. Like, do you just, do you just hate lettering? Or I mean, I do really hate lettering, and I don't like. I'm not a huge fan of digital lettering over my work. I just think it looks too computery. Like it doesn't look organic enough. So like when I do letter, I do I write it all on a sheet of paper and then I Photoshop it on. So it looks like it has like a hand, like quality to it because I mean I wrote it by hand. But um, the main I guess it really started. I mean I guess I'm just not really confident in my ability to use the English language. Um, I've always been a terrible quote-unquote writer. Like, teachers never really encouraged me to write and, like, make up stories and stuff. It was, it was, that was one thing I strongly never encouraged to do was to write. So I guess through all the years of being, like, told, like, oh, you're a shitty writer, you can't write papers, you can barely read, like, um, I'm just, I rely so much on how to communicate effectively through visuals that, I think it's more interesting, and I think, especially in today's comics, there's too much writing on pages. Well, okay, it, we're, we're not sitting in the 80s, but there certainly is a lot of writing on pages. Yeah, like, some, I love Alan Moore, but sometimes I can't read his stuff, because there's just way too many words. Yeah, you go back and read the Saga of the Swamp thing, and there there's definitely some pages, and you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake, shut up already. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh my god, where's the art? Um, yeah, let me just look at the art, damn it. Yeah, so, for me, it's it's... I guess just pretty organic. Like for even for me, it's like I'm like working on another mini comic now. I was like, oh man, should I include words in it? Like I haven't done one with words in a while. <laughs> and even when I write words, I always end up editing about like half of it, three quarters, and out. So I'm like, oh man, it's all just useless garbage. Like I need to become, it needs to be succinct, to the point, no extra like floweriness, like words. How, do you, uh, you when you do end up writing, do you write a full script first, or do you just kind of go? Uh, no, I don't write scripts. That's my biggest problem, is people are like, alright, send me a script. I'm like, yeah, about that. Um, Here's a napkin sketch. Yeah, well, it's like, I, for me, I think, for me, it's not an effective way, because I don't rely so much, and it's like, why would I write, send the time writing down what the street is going to look like, when I can effectively just sketch it way faster, and show someone? Like, I'm not going to spend 20 minutes writing down about, like, how this neighborhood looks. If I can just go sit down and for five seconds draw out the neighborhood, like, for me, it's much more an effective way to show a comic is to draw it. So I do, what I do is, like, I think of my idea, and then I sit down and I lay it out, and that's how I do most of my editing is with my layouts, like, moving panels around and doing page layouts and figure out, this way I can figure out, like, the beats of the story, and um, because comics is a visual medium, for me, it just helps me figure out the timing and, like, page turns more effectively. Not that, like, 
I mean, on the computer, there's not really a page turn, but um, it's there. It's there in spirit. Yeah. So for me, just an easier way to kind of um, process all that stuff is just by doing it layouts and then editing it from there. And like when I'm doing stuff for myself, I don't show the layouts to anyone. Like I just make it. Um, and then when I work for clients or for publishers, you know, like I send them my layouts and with notes and stuff. But like, that's my big thing is like, no one's really ever editing me. It's just myself being like, well, I feel like making this. Yes. then I make it. And then when I don't feel like making it. I just don't. Um, so I guess it's like when you leave the beast to themselves, this is what happens. <laughs> so in, in, in a sense, it sounds kind of uh, Mignola-esque. I know I, I don't remember what interview I read. That's probably years ago now. Um, he, he does something very similar where he, he just kind of draws it out, sketches it out like a layout. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he'll be like, okay, I know I need to say these kind of things. He's like, so maybe I'll put a bubble here and here and here and here. And then afterwards, he'll like write it in and be like, okay, this works. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, to me, that always made a lot more sense than, especially if you're doing the art yourself. Yeah. And it's like, even when I've worked from full script before, like, I'm not against it. I mean, it's honestly really easy. Well, not easy, but it's easier. Like, when I do everything myself, I'm like, oh, shit, I have to make all these decisions. Um, but, like, when I get a script from someone, I'm like, oh, man, cool. The page is already broken down, like, five panels on this page. Like, you know, uh, make it work. But then at the same time, I'm like, oh, man, I, five panels on this page. How am I going to make them all fit? Especially because sometimes I want to do, like, the layout in a, like, in a way that I would generally tell the story. But that's why I like to work with people who are open to, like, changing things for it to, like, make the story the strongest. And I like to work with writers who generally wouldn't write something that, like, I would write. Because then it's like, well, then why bother working with you? Yeah, you're not learning anything new, right? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like, I can just write this myself. Like, I've had so many people just write, like, something that are so on the nose. I'm like, I don't want to draw that because, like, I felt like I've already done it. When I work with, like... Eric Grissom or Erica Schultz, they always challenge me. Like, Erica made me draw a book about cows and goats falling in love. And I was like, oh, my God, four legs. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) They're so hard. And then even with Eric, when I worked on animals, I've never done anything anthropomorphized. So I was like, oh, man, having to draw cows. Pigs. Chickens. What the hell? So it's like I want to work with people who are challenging me and people who aren't just like, oh, throwing me a bone. Because I can do that to myself. Yeah, and then you get then you get both credits, right? Yeah, and I can do exactly <laughs> what I want. <laughs> um, hey, we're we're definitely running out of time now. We're we're over we're in overtime as far as as far as I figure people's attention spans go. I figure forty five minutes is a pretty good attention span. Otherwise, you lose. If you see those podcasts that are like three hours, you're like, I don't know anybody that's gonna listen to that. I listen to three hour podcasts. Okay, well, you know what, Claire? It's because you have no other nothing else to do but listen to podcasts and draw, right? Mm, yeah, basically. Well, then I am jealous. Shut up. Well, I mean, I do have to go to work and sleep sometimes, but whatever. Fuck yeah, that's, that's overrated. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, where can people find you online? Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter at CKConnellyDraws. Um, my website, um, ClaireConnellyComics.com. And then on there, there's also a link to my Twitter and my Tumblr, where I post a lot of like process shots and like shorter works and paintings and, I don't know, pictures of my dogs. Like They're very cute. Um, so, you know, I'm around on the internet. Uh, I, li- I like cats more, so I clear. I can't be friends. Oh, uh, um, well, I did post a picture of my brother's cat the other day. All right, we're back to friends. Okay. Um, <laughs> what do you got going next? What uh, what else is coming out this year? Or, or are you working on something for next year already? Um, 
Well, I'm prob I'm working on a really large, I think, webcomic that I'm going to be launching. It's going to have its own separate, like, website and everything, but I haven't really talked about anything yet because I need to, like, lock it down a little more, but I'll probably be launching it in January, and then, which would be, like, a weekly series, like, all year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to condense it into a year, maybe two, um, and then we're well, also working on smaller other projects on the sides. Um, and then I'm working on a book cover, which I can't really talk about. Oh, um, look, look at you. You're, you're already so such a big deal. You can't talk about projects. I know. Every content. time, man. So um, I'm working on a book cover. I'm working on another short story with Eric Grissom that's probably going to be in a book, but I don't know the title of the book. Um, and then just making my mini comics. I'm going to be at SBX this year again. So I'm really excited about that. And I'll be at New York Comic Con got my first pro pass so i'll be there all day nice rubbing so, in people's faces basically come bring me snacks <laughs> and coffee and were we you, can... you were at special edition this year uh, yes i was did you run into alex our alex alex oh, I, well i didn't have a table i was just wandering around oh okay yeah i didn't get a table because i wanted i like to check cons out before i table first i gotcha just so i can like get the vibe you know that makes sense i heard special edition was actually really good yeah, it was pretty good. It was really dark, though, like, in the room. Oh, like, really? Like, visually, it was very, like, dark. It was weird. I thought the lights weren't on, but they were. <laughs> There's a comment about you just being, you know, at home at your desk under fake lights all day, and then, you know, you get outside to real lights, and you're, you're, not, you're not sure what's going on. And... What's the sun? Get out of my face. <laughs> hey, uh, I appreciate you taking some time there, Claire. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, your books are awesome. Um I'll post links uh, for the reviews that uh, Dan did. Awesome. Um, sorry I couldn't do that myself, but moving was a pain in the ass. You know, moving um, sounds. Uh, too much work. Uh, I'm still not really done. I still got some stuff at the apartment that I got to get, but I really don't want to. I feel like moving, you're never truly done. Yeah. There's always that one box. <laughs> yeah, it haunts you. It sits in your basement. Unpack <laughs> me. That's right. It's usually like the crap box. Yeah, the, the last minute, like, let's just throw everything in this box. Yeah, you're like, it's my phone charger, um, my 12 old computer chargers that I don't even have the computer store, and some thumbtacks. Wow, you, like, you, like, nailed my box, like, item for item there. <laughs> That's freaky. Uh, I do. <laughs> no, I, like I said, I appreciate it. Um, this will go up on Tuesday there, and uh, awesome. thanks again. Yeah, thank you. All right, take care. See you later.